this morning. Amen. And we better get her, get her up here before she busts. She's she's all excited. So.
Amen. Thank <laughs> you. 
Philippians chapter 1 this morning will be able to find herself uh, Philippians chapter 1. So good to see those uh, excited about going to children's church. That's just wonderful to see that, and, and that's such a blessing. And excited to see you guys too. And, uh, a lot of uh, a lot going on today. So we'll find ourselves in Philippians chapter 1. Uh, we're going to start with maybe verse. We're going to look at verse uh, 9 through, or 8 through 11. Uh, we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you for the wonderful day, Lord. We thank you for a day that you've made to rejoice and to be glad in it, Lord. And we thank you uh, for the opportunity, Lord, uh, to come before you and praise and worship, Lord. And I pray for this children's church, Lord, that you would touch the lives of the children as well as the t lives of the teachers, Lord, who are uh, putting in their, you're using their gifts and uh, talents and their callings to minister to these uh, uh, young ones and Lord that these young ones are receiving that and in return giving that back and ministering to the adults Lord and we thank you for uh, already the fruits that we see coming from that and the excitement that we see here in their voice and we see in their actions as they are excited to uh, to, to just be a part of the church, and we thank you for that, Lord. And I pray that, that uh, our excitement flows into their worship and their excitement flows into our worship, as we've seen this morning, uh, as a, a type of blend. And, Lord, and we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for uh, all that you're doing and that you're willing and working. And I know that you're in this service, Lord, because you've already answered about three prayers today, uh, Lord, that we've already had, and you've already have shown uh, examples among, upon examples of what's... Uh, of what you're going to do in this service so we thank you for that and in that we have boldness and confidence as we come before the uh, throne of grace to find help lord we have boldness and confidence in the gifts and the callings and lord i pray uh that uh, we also humble ourselves under your mighty hand that we listen to your voice that our hearts would be open to receive that which the spirit is speaking to the church today and then we do these things that they give you honor praise and glory in jesus name Amen. Amen. Because uh, Brother Chris was looking for someone to sing this morning, wasn't you, Brother? That's right. And she come in and, uh, uh, and offered her services, and we sure are thankful for that. What a blessing that was. And I'm going to tell you, uh, not only that, uh, she validated uh, the message uh, this morning as well as Chris did too. And uh, during the song, uh, it, it, uh, chains were broken, 
prison walls were uh, broke down as he raised a hallelujah and then Chris uh, singing he set me free kind of validates so many prayers have already been answered this morning uh, of mine personally and uh, so we're thankful for that as we find ourselves in Philippians 1 uh, uh, we're going to pick up a verse 8 for God is my record how greatly I long after you all in the, in the bowels of the compassion of Jesus Christ how much I love you all with the compassion of Jesus Christ and this I pray for you this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more that you would grow more and more in your love and not only in your love only uh, but in your knowledge and how to love and, and how to be loved, how to give love, how to receive love. It's very important that you know not only how to give love, but how to receive love because you can take some actions out of context and, and get the impression uh, that it was not done it was done intentionally and not out of love. And uh, so we got it's very important that we know not only how to love, uh, but how to receive love. So he says, I pray that your love may grow that you may have knowledge of this love and then be and have judgment or discernment, uh, that you would have judgment on how to love and how to receive that love. Verse 10, that you may approve the things which are excellent, uh, that you may be sincere and without offense. Now it's getting, it's getting harder now. It's getting a little bit more difficult now uh, to know what's right and wrong, excellent, uh, to know what the good things are. It's really a, it's a, it's a word that says that we can uh, differentiate Good and bad, right and wrong. It's, uh, and there's also has a, gives the image of a sift uh, of like when you're sifting maybe flour or something or separating. Uh, so it says uh, so we can prove what's uh, excellent and that which is sincere. And it's also a type of testing to see what's real and what's fake. And without uh, to be without offense until the day of Jesus Christ, uh, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. So he's talking here and he says, I want your love to abound. I want you to be able to approve the things uh, which are excellent, those things which are true. Uh, and I want you to be sincere in your faith. I want you to be sincere. I want you, when your face tested, I want you to come out as gold. I want you to shine. I want you to be able to, to raise that hallelujah. I want you to be able to stand in the day of trouble. I want you to be able to, to call those into you. I want you to be an example. I want you to be. I want you to be sincere in what you're doing. I, I want you to pour your heart into it. I want you to pour your life into this thing. Paul says, and he says, you know what? Uh, I know that you got it in you. I know that you can do this. And he says, you know what? And 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 that's what I'm expecting from you. Is he's writing this letter and he's fixing to change gears a little bit when he gets into twelve. But we're not going to get there today. We're just going to talk about. Uh, approving the things which are excellent, sincere, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to kind of recap in a little bit of a sense because I want to bring out this um, uh, important part of this. And, and my question to you today is when God sowed you here, what did he plant? When God put you right here, what? And I, okay, let me bring it a little bit more close. When he put you here, what did we get? What did we get? When he put me here, what did you get? When you look at chapter 1 here, he says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. Paul, the apostle. Timothy, uh, uh, the pastor. He will eventually become the pastor of, of Ephesus. Paul, the apostle. you got to remember these things. Look at, the, look at, the, look at the, the contrast. Paul, an apostle. Timothy, a pastor. Paul, a spiritual father. Timothy, a, a, a son in the faith. He would call Paul, uh, Timothy his son, his own son in the faith. Timothy, 
uh, Paul the Jew, Timothy the Jewish Greek. He was a mixed. He was he was a Jew Gentile. He was a Gentile. He was not a full blooded Jew. Uh, Paul, the chief of sinners, Timothy, raised in a godly home. Raised in a godly home. Paul came to Christ kicking and screaming. Timothy came to Christ at the kitchen table, perhaps. Yeah. Look at the difference in how he can use and what he can do in somebody's life. Yes. Look at the difference in what he can do in somebody's life. Timothy, Paul, the difference. Paul, an intellectual genius, uh, a, a religious zealot, schooled, and, and we talked about this last week, in all the ways of religion, and he was used to go to the Gentiles, not even the Jewish elect. Paul, Peter, the fisherman, uh, the, the, uh, the unlearned and unschooled, used to persuade the schooled, and Paul, the schooled, used to what would to change the unlearned as it would be seen. But Paul, the intellectual genius and the religious zealot, Timothy, the humble Christian. The humble Christian. And Paul says this. Now you got Paul, the, the, the apostle of apostles, uh, writing all these books of the Bible, a theological uh, genius and all this. And Paul says, there's no one more like-minded than Timothy than I am. Uh, Timothy is just like me in, in my mind, in our mindsets. He's just like me in what he, what he believes and what he does. And you know what? I'm glad today to, to know uh, that, that, that Timothy didn't become like Paul uh, he didn't have to go through what Paul went through to get what Paul to be like-minded, and Paul didn't have to go through what Paul didn't have to sit at the kitchen table uh, to get what Timothy had, and Timothy uh, didn't have to persecute the church to get what Paul had. He said, "They can, you can have it. All these things together. I'm, I'm thankful that that we can have those things like that. I'm thankful that He is a God that can work these things in our own life." And I'm going to get somewhere. I know it's a slow start, but I'm thankful that God can work these things in our life, that He can change it. I'm glad that He can change me and He can change you. And I don't have to go through what you went through to get what He wants for me to have. And you don't have to go through what I went through to get what He's called you to do. That's what I'm thankful of. And Paul and shows that and Timothy shows that. I'm just so glad uh, that that's the way that, that our Lord works. And then he says there's some servants here. Who do we have? We have Paul. We have Timothy. Servants of Jesus Christ. Remember Paul uh, has changed. God has changed him. Servants. Jesus says the greatest among you is the servant of all. That when he calls us into this thing, he has called us into a servantship. And he's also called us into a, a sonship. He says my children have all things. Ain't that what he told in the prodigal? He said give him everything. He's not a servant. He's a son. And even the son that didn't feel like the son uh, deserved that. He still told him you've been with me always. You've had access to all things. As the servant, uh, as the son, you have access into all things. He said we're servants of Jesus Christ. We come alongside uh, one another just like he come alongside of us. We come inside the body and we and we lift and encourage one another up just like He, as His Holy Spirit, has come and dwelt and made a temple and a abode within us. And He's picked us up and He's come alongside and He's helped. We are in Jesus Christ, He says in that first verse right there. Uh, servants of Jesus Christ are in Christ Jesus. We are in Him for He who knew no sin or uh, became sin that we can become righteousness and now we are in Christ the Holy Spirit dwelling among us for being and then he calls them saints that you can be holy for he is holy 
And he's called you holy. You may not feel holy, but if you are his, you are holy because he's called you to be holy. He's called you to be righteous and he's called you to be a saint because you've called on him whom the God that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he's called us to a higher calling and then there's some growth that's involved and we talked about this growth last week. Uh, as Chris had pointed out uh, in the service that, that Paul would say in chapter 3 that all these things that I went through uh, along the way were the manure that took to grow me into what you see today. And that's what we have. Our past is, is, is what grows us into this thing. And we are, uh, we are in Christ. And he's talking about relationship. And he's talking about all kinds of things right here in this uh, very first things and gifts and callings and opportunities. And he says, you know what? When I first met you, we wasn't all like this. There's some growth that had to come. And look at you now. I'm writing to you 15 years later. And look at you now. Saints in Christ. Bishops and deacons. Sunday school leaders. Worship leaders. Christians. He says, I, I see all kind of growth in you. And I, and I know what. And Paul would say it just like I say. And I know that I had a little, just very little to do with it. I had very little to do with it, about as much as to do with it as you had to do with mine. For by grace are you saved through faith. By grace were you called. You were called to this grace. By grace you answered. By grace you're sustained. How do I know? Because verse 6 says we are partakers of the same grace. The same grace that, that did it in my life did it in your life. He may have did it a different way. He might have did it at a different time. He may have did it with a different group of people, but we are still partakers of the same grace of God that's come in and changed all of our lives. By grace, by grace, we are saved. And he says then he brought that peace, that peace that covers you and enables you and equips you and comforts you and, and, and gives you that uh, that surpasses all understanding. Remember the peace that you had in your soul when you knew that you knew that you knew that you were saved. Remember the peace that you had in your soul when you could go through those things that, that, that the world couldn't go through. That peace of God and peace with God. That peace with God says I'm forgiven. And the peace of God says it is well with my soul that no matter what comes against me, though He slay me still, I will praise Him. All of this come from, it says right here, that all of this come from God the Father, verse 2, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And it comes from God the Father and His Son. And when I think of Him, verse 3, I can't help but think of you. And I would say this, that Paul's telling them, you know what, and I want you to know this today too, that who you are helps me. Yeah. Who you are helps me where I'm at. I know you, Paul says, when I think... When I think of my God upon every remembrance of you, it helps me. When I look around it, I'm, when I look around it, when I look around, I'm reminded, Paul says, that I've been here before. He's in a he's in a Roman cell, but he's been in a Philippian jail cell as well. He's writing to them and he says, When I look at this, when I look at this cell, I'm reminded of that cell. When I look at this time, I'm reminded of that time. When I look at uh, this Roman guard, I'm reminded of a Philippian jailer. When I'm when I'm when I see this this house arrest that I'm in, I'm thinking of a of another house, of Lydia's house, in a, in a time when when I didn't know where I was going or what I was going to do or what I was going to stay, and, and and I didn't even know why we was going because I'm going to tell you something: the Lord was showing out in in Galatia at that time. 
The Lord was moving mightily in Galatia at that time and we were saving many and we were planting churches and things was going good. We were doing great and mighty things in the name of the Lord. And But my mind goes to that day when I had a vision, Paul would say. And then the man came to me and I still ain't met the man. Never have met the man. Don't know who he is. And then the Lord says, come, help us in Macedonia. Come to Philippi and help us. And I, and, and I didn't want to go, but I went anyway. And I'm so glad that I did. I'm so glad that we came here because, uh, uh, and I remember that he took me and, and, and Silas, he took Barnabas away and he gave us Silas and, and we went by and we picked up Timothy who's with me today by the way and is a great son in the faith. Yeah. So I'm so thankful that, that the, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord or I never would have met Timothy. I might not have ever made it back through that way before and I can promise you that if he'd have took Barnabas away from me, Silas... And God gave me Silas. Barnabas would have never made it through that beating because he was a Jew. He was not a Jew. He was a Gentile. He wouldn't have made it like we made it. But he did. And he gave me Silas. And I'm glad that he gave me Luke to write this stuff down because had he not given me Luke to get, uh, to get the penmanship and the parchments and all this stuff, you wouldn't have it. We wouldn't have it today. So I'm thankful for the God. The, the, I'm thankful today that I have you to go through this with. I'm also thankful for the ones He's removed out of my life. I'm thankful for what they instilled in me and what they put in me. And I'm also thankful for the ones that, that I'm just to do life again because He's going to tell you in verse 6, this is the beginning, guys. This is the beginning of the thing. He who began a good work is, is going to complete this thing. I'm glad that I've had you from the beginning all the way through this thing. And Paul says, you know what? He'll go on in this book and he'll say, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to see you again. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're going to go through some more stuff. Hey, I'm going to tell you what. Hold on to those memories. Hold on to that stuff. Because look, I got, I got, I got uh, my deacon ordination. He says, and Brother Joey wrote this out. I don't serve with Brother Joey. I hadn't served with Brother Joey in years. And he said, listen, anytime the enemy comes against you and says you ain't qualified you ain't called and you ain't able. You read this charge that I've given you and you remember you were called by God. Amen. You're called by God. I remember those. I remember those things in your life, those milestones, those stepping stones. Remember those people God put in your life. I'm telling you, it's, it's just wonderful. So Paul would say, when I look around, I'm reminded uh, that I've been here before and I've got out of here before. So I'm not real worried about where I find myself at because we've done overcome this already one time, more than one time, several times. And he says, so when I began to pray about this situation, and I'm going to tell you something, if you're praying about something and God brings something to your mind, that's probably the answer that he's giving you. And Paul says, I began to pray about this thing and my mind goes back to, I can't help but think about you. I thank God upon every remembrance of you and in every prayer of mine for you making requests and supplications with joy. I, I, I'm just so thankful uh, that when I pray about how bad it is, I'm reminded about how good he is. Yeah. I'm, I'm just so thankful that I've been in a place before in my life where, where he showed out, showed up, and, and, and delivered me before that when I, I pray about what's going on. How about this? I'm so thankful that I've been in a place in my life before that when I pray for grace and I know that he can overcome because he's overcoming in my life so that my children and their children's children don't have to do what I had to do to get to where I'm at. I'm glad that my children and their children and their grandchildren can be saved at the kitchen table and not on the road in Damascus. But I'm also thankful that if it takes a Damascus 
Damascus Road conversion, He'll save them there too. I'm so thankful that He don't care. I'm thankful that He'll do it either way. But I'm thankful also that He's placed me in their life to sit at the kitchen table and, and lead them to the Lord. I'm thankful for that. So I, I thank God that we serve a God that don't give up. I thank God as we talked about Wednesday night that we serve a God that when I'm praying, He says you need to go to room 568 when you go to, to room 422 too because He's going to give another man another chance. He give, a, he, he give one man a triple bypass and He saved his heart and He's trying to soften another one. In the same mind, my God, how God gives one man a triple bypass and he's trying to give another one a new heart. What about that? And if you was here on Wednesday night, you know what I'm talking about. Whew, I'm telling you what. I'm, so I'm glad that when I begin to pray about these things, I'm reminded of these things. I'm reminded of these things. Ain't it, ain't it great how faith works that I can be reminded of what's going on in your life and that it can encourage me and we all hear the cliche, well, I, I thought I was doing bad till I talked to you. That ain't what I'm talking about. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about I'm encouraged on where you're at in your faith. I'm encouraged on where you're at in your faith. My mind goes back to, to those people. I'm reminded of that day in Philippi that, uh, that when I thought that I was supposed to be under Joey all my life, he sent a man, a vision, that said, no, listen, the older man's got to go. The young man's going to stay. The young man's got to go. That happened in, at, at Northside with Joey. I, I, when I talked to him, I, and the Lord spoke to me, and I told Joey, I said, this, that, it, it's changed hands. The young man's got to go. And that's what Paul says. I'm staying here, but I'm going to send Timothy to you shortly. Yes. I'm going to send Timothy to you shortly. So I'm thankful how the Spirit guides you. You know what? So now that when I'm facing crisis in my life, when I'm facing difficulty in my life, when my kids want to know for the, and me to give an account for the hope that's in me, I can say, you know what? The Spirit of God has guided me this day. That's biblical. He taught this. Uh, he's taught this since day one. When you come into this promised land, build monuments, put up stones, put up statues, build an altar. Praise your God because when your kids and your kids' kids come in here and they say, what do these stones mean, Daddy? You can tell them that this one was, was when I was lost and undone and he saved me. This is where he showed me which job to go to. This is when he showed me which career to go to. This is when he took that temptation away. This is when he took all things away and made all things right. we got to build those monuments and those statues in our life. And the enemy wants to take those away from you because I'm going to tell you, Half of us don't know what monuments and statutes mean. Half of us don't know what the Statue of Liberty represents and what the uh, whatever represents in our life. But we need to know what He represents in our life. What He represents in our life. And I want my kids to always say that my daddy did this. And I want my friends to always say uh, that he was this way. I want my friends to, to say, and I want my now and more importantly, I want my God to say, that he was without offense. Uh, verse 11 or 10. That, uh, that I approved the things that were excellent. And he was sincere in his faith. And he was without offense. Yeah. Well done. Well done. And I hope that it, I hope that it does that. Uh, uh, verse 7. With my family. That there's some defense and confirmation. 
that they would come to my side and say, I don't know who you're talking about, but I know Daddy well enough. I know Mama well enough. I know Uncle well enough. So he says, I'm glad that Spirit guided me into that place uh, that I never intended on going. And he said, a vision and a burning in my heart and it's still burning today, Paul said, as I write to you, Philippians. Oh, it burns in my, in my compassion, verse 8, for God's my record, how greatly I long to see you. There's still a, a longing for you. And he said, I remember how effective it was and, and how the ministry was doing and, and how he changed my team around. But, but I also understand how God's working in this thing. He said, I remember when we was walking around and, and the woman that followed us mocking us, these are the men of the most high God. And she wouldn't leave us alone and she criticized everything that we did and we cast that demon out and, and saved that little girl and we're so glad that uh, now she's, she's probably one of the leading evangelists. He, uh, and uh, he's probably one that he would have to look over in the church with and say, be quiet. <laughs> I'm so thankful for her. I'm so thankful for her. You know, Paul would teach that. Uh, some ladies in the church, you know, you, sometimes you got to ask your husband at home. If not, the service is going to last for hours. That's, it wasn't nothing ever about can a woman speak in church. Paul's not a hypocrite. He was just saying if, if, we, if this business meeting keeps tarrying, we ain't never eating lunch. <laughs> ask your husband at the house if you don't mind. How, how far away from how far away we can get sometimes. Anyway, enough about that. He says, uh, I remember her and I remember Lydia's house and how good she was and gracious she was. And he says, I remember uh, uh, I remember that jailer as well. I remember him as well. We were beaten. He was beaten and we were shackled. And I didn't realize that the message was still the same but the method had changed. Because we was going through Galatia and Virgia, man, it was just going great. We were, we were entering in everybody's houses, and they were coming. We were, we were walking down every street, and we were accepted. We were doing all these great things, but not here at Philippi. The message was hindered. The message wasn't accepted. And the only house at first we could get into was Lydia's, but eventually we would get into the jailer's house, but that's beside the point. And so the message wasn't as effective. The, the message was as effective, but the method had to change. We couldn't. We couldn't do the. We couldn't present it the same way in Philippi. Things have changed, and I didn't realize uh, that the method would be God's way. But you know what He did? He had to place us uh, beaten, shackled to a wall to get anybody's attention. And He would talk about that in the joy of suffering, as we'll get into that in a little bit, uh, or, or down the road there. And there's no. You would think there's no joy in suffering. But he's talking about planting a seed right here and growing. And he said, I remember when we was shackled to that wall, bloody and beaten, about midnight, he said, we raised a hallelujah. We praised our God. We began to pray and remember how good God was. And, and we began to praise Him and worship Him at midnight. And, and we began to uh, well, I mean, maybe the Jewish people thought he was speaking in tongues, but I bet you Paul said some of those prayers in Greek so that everybody in the jail cell would understand him. Because if he prayed it out in Jewish uh, or Jew or Hebrew, they might not understand, uh, might not have understood him just correctly. So him being bilingual as he was, he probably prayed it in Greek. 
so that everybody had to listen to him. And everybody got to hear the power of God. Everybody got to hear the testimony of God. Everybody felt the ground shake. Everybody saw the walls come down. Everybody saw the shackles get loosened. And I'm going to tell you what, it's tough. It's tough, guys, to, to, to find yourself in a position. But you know what Paul said? You know what Paul realized in this? The if there was anything good about this, they had to listen to him. They couldn't go nowhere. They couldn't go nowhere. So you know what? When I did, when I went to room 522, that man didn't want to listen to me, but he couldn't go nowhere. He, and he heard the gospel, like it or not. Like it or not. And you know what the good thing is about you and I and what's good about Paul being bilingual? Can you speak it in different languages? Can you... Can you can, okay, let me break it. Can, can you talk to Landon and Zoe and Grayson and Angie and Otis? Can you relay it in those different forms that the enemy cheated and God won? Or that there had to be blood shed on the sacrifice and he was the perfect sacrifice, blood had to be shed and he entered in once and first and for all and laid his blood on the mercy seat so that we could come and he's the first fruits of righteousness. Can you explain it? Can you do it bilingual as well? Paul said you better be all things to all people because sometimes in Galatia it's going good and sometimes in the, in the jail cell they just have to listen. And you know what? The same message is the same, but sometimes you gotta get on a sometimes you gotta gotta get on an inmate level, and sometimes you gotta get on an intellectual level. And Paul says, you know what? In some things, he in Romans it's probably one of the greatest theological books there are out there. And then I don't remember maybe it's in Ephesians or one, he says, I didn't come, or maybe it's Corinthians, I don't come with you with excellency of speech. But I come to you just blankly telling you the truth. And sometimes you just got to blatantly tell you the truth because I'm going to tell you what you need to find yourself is without offense and sincere when you're offering the gospel. So I pray that we can speak it in different various forms, the same message in a different method, and we can do it without being offended. And we can do it without offense. I'm glad that she can sing up here and we're not offended. Because that's sincere. Yeah. That's sincere as it gets. That's, that's in its purest form. That's, that's praise in its purest form. Mm-hmm. I said, she's the only, no, no, I'm not beating. I, I love you guys with the love of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, I promise I do. But she, I didn't even come running in here today. Can I, can I praise Him? Can I praise God today? My God, if we did that as a goal, huh? What would happen? Amen. What would happen? What would happen? Can I praise him, please? And then the pastor says, Don't tell the worst, please. Don't tell me. Forgive me. <laughs> Forgive me. I trust him. He says, he's a, he's a pastor. He's a worship pastor. He's a worship. David had his men. David had his men. Thank you, Lord. So the methods change the methods change and a lot of times we change the way we do things to fit where we're at when really he's called us to change where we're at to fit the way we do things paul said hey 
Because of what I went through with you guys in Philippi, I seen something that I, I, I can't unsee. So now I know when I get to this Roman cell that I can change where I'm at. It don't change me. It don't change me. You know that you have the ability, like Paul did, to let your past change the way you operate in your future. He had learned Greek in his past, and it changed the way he ministered that day. And I'll tell you what, he changed the way prison operated. Anybody standing outside those prison walls would have never believed that was a prison if they didn't know it was. You got singing, praising, worshiping, and then the earthquakes and the walls are falling and the, and the shackles and the prisoners are not leaving. Nobody would have ever believed that that was a, a prison cell. He changed the way it operated. Haven't you? In your own life, when the Holy Spirit and Jesus saved you and the Holy Spirit come and fell on you and He's, and he's gifted and called you, didn't you change what hopeless looked like? Don't you change what helpless looks like? Didn't you, didn't you change what despair and discouragement and, 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 and all these things look like in your life? I'm going to tell you what. He also changed what it sounded like. It sounded like, because I'm going to tell you, life and death is in the power of the tongue. The, the Bible tells us to encourage ourselves in the Lord. And singing to your songs, heavenly hymns, singing songs and making melody in your heart. You should never sound like the world. You should never sound defeated. You should change the way whatever's got you is sounds. Whatever's got you. Because I'm telling you, he changed the way it sounded. He took a bad situation and turned it around. And not because he was a lawyer, not because any indictment, not because any obstruction of justice, but because the power of God was working in his life. You have the ability to use your praise to change what prison sounds like. Changing what prison sounds like. Praising. Can I worship you today, Lord? Absolutely. He's worthy of worship. He's worthy of it. And he puts them in a place where they just have to trust him. Have you ever met anybody that was shackled like you? Bound like you? Hurting like you? Hope wounded, or in Paul's case, let me just put it, shackled, bound, and wounded, but don't sound like you. That has a going through what you're going through, but don't sound like you. Well, maybe God's brought you to them to minister to them. Maybe God's, perhaps God has brought you there for a reason, but I'm going to tell you now, don't stay there. Don't stay there. They, you got to bring them out of that, or they'll bring you into it. You got to bring them. Don't stay there. Help them. And if, what does he say? Help them. And if they don't receive you, you kick your dust off your feet and you move on. Because if you don't, you can't help everybody else. That's right. That's right. And the enemy's going to send the one that's going to get you where they at. Where they at? And I can talk to them on their level too. Amen. But you got to move on if they ain't receiving you. Because, you know, and it don't mean you failed. It means that you weren't the one that was going to reach you. That's all it means. Because what are we? A body fitly joined together. Sometimes they, sometimes they need the hand. Sometimes they need the foot. 
That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. Wasn't nothing a quick, swift kick in the rear wouldn't fix. More importantly, let me ask you this, and we're going to go because we got to do a business meeting. Uh, more importantly, have you ever met or as, now this is in the notes, or raised someone that come hell or high water, you'll do everything in your power to ensure they're never shackled, never bound, and never beaten. Never shackled, never bound, and never beaten. That's what we're, that's what we're going for. That's, he's called you and gifted you in causing and causing ministry not only to deliver, but if we can get them when they're young, like Landon and all that's coming to the Lord at this age, and that can grow up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, uh, then then we we have a it's just easier. It's just easier. It's easier on the family, it's easier on ministry, it's easier all the way around. So the, 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 the my problem is not that my my gifting is not to be ready for when that day comes. I, I can deliver him from uh, from what he's going through because I've been through it. My my ministry and my gifting is because he's delivered me. I've already been there. He'll never go through it because I can raise him and train him up in the way that he should go. Uh, that he will always return to the Lord. That way he will always return to the Lord. My, my, my chief end and my chief goal for Grayson is uh, not that he can overcome the things I've went through. I'm passing it's a, I'm running with him passing it. That's, that's, where, that's where the relay, that's the way the run, the race works. Uh, I don't, he don't have to stop. Pick it up and take back off. Ain't that how they do it? They run alongside of them and hand them the baton. When we pass the baton, ain't that how we do it? We run alongside so they don't lose stride. Because I'm going to tell you what, when they lose stride, that's when they lose momentum. That's when they... So let me ask you today. Let me ask you today. I hope, as, I hope that you're raising a hallelujah in a sense. I hope that, that verse 11, that you are raising fruits of righteousness. I hope that you're raising them in your life as Miss Marie comes. I hope that you're changing the lives of the people around you. I hope that, that you're changing the sound of your situation. And like Paul said, you know what? These people in here can't go nowhere. they got to listen to me. And he preached the gospel. And you know what? The only thing that had Paul bound in that whole situation, the only thing that had Paul bound was when the walls fell, the chains come off, and they were about to walk out the door, the man said, what can I do? What can I do to be saved? You're sure you're free. What, well, what can I do? Well, I'm going to tell you what to do. And he stopped and he turned around and he witnessed that man. He went home with that man. That man washed his wounds. He led him to the Lord for all that come call upon the name of the Lord. Shall be saved. And the Bible says that him and his whole household. Yes. Him and his whole household. So this just reiterates everything that we're talking about. It's not about he didn't have to go to the house and deliver them from stuff that they'd been doing for years. He said, when he got the daddy saved, and then the mama got saved, and the whole household got saved. And then 15 years later, he's writing to this same church, and many believe that that jailer was the, was the pastor of that church. Many believe that, because he, he lost his job when he beat them wrongly anyway. Paul put him as a pastor. Because I'm going to tell you what, you need a deep foundation. I need to, if you've seen your whole family 
saved, you probably ain't going nowhere. <laughs> the best preacher in the world, I guess, would be the one that's seen them all getting saved. And that's what he's doing here. The whole family got saved. So you look around today. You look around today. And I want you to look and see who you're thankful for. I'm thankful for you. I see faithfulness. I see faithfulness and faithfulness and faithfulness. I'm thankful for you. But also now I want you to, uh, as we stand, I want you to look around and see who ain't here that could be such an influence and an impact on your life. Who are, who are you? Who would you write a letter saying, you know what, I remember when we used to do this. I miss you. I wish you'd come be a part of this if you ain't been a part of anything else. I wish you was, I wish you was here with us. Or even, or even better yet, I, I wish you'd come alongside the body of Christ and serve with me. Because I, I hate that, that, that you're missing out on, on the Lord Jesus Christ because you don't know Him. Think about somebody in your family that, that don't know what you know about Jesus and how much they're missing out on Golly, it breaks my heart to know. Because it, it, it's not that they're going to do the same things we do. He's got so much more in store individually in gifts and calling. Who's messing in your circle?